Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, your home for learning ways to attract more traffic to your website, generate more leads, convert more leads into customers, and build stronger relationships with your customers. And now, your hosts, Justin Johnson and Ken Franzen. Hey, 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 Neon Noise Nation. This is the Neon Noise Podcast, where we decode marketing and sales topics to help you grow your business. What's up, everyone? This is Justin Johnson, and with me, I have my co-host, Mr. Ken Franzen. Ken, what's going on today? Not too much, Justin. Excited to talk with our guest today. We originally had him uh, scheduled uh, right when that hurricane was going through Florida. And I know that uh, you and I had some concerns about it. We asked him to reschedule and just chatting with uh, Trevor Crane here before we got uh, started and hit the record button. He's from Tampa, so he was down there in that mix, too. And to uh, feel a little bit of that love for the week. You're unburied. I think you got lucky and... uh, and luckier than maybe some of your neighbors, but uh, good to have you back into the internet world and uh, glad we got this rescheduled to chat today. Yes, it's good to be back. Um, obviously, unexpected uh, hurricane to go through the middle of the state, but it did and it knocked us down for a week. But we're back to rocking and rolling. So, as you said, today we will be speaking with Trevor Crane. He's a 10-time best-selling author and founder of Epic Author Publishing. Trevor specializes in helping business owners, speakers, coaches, and consultants elevate their brand and take their business to the next level. He helps you become irresistible to your ideal target client and consistently grow leads, sales, and revenue. Trevor can help you write your book in 90 days or less and turn it into the most powerful marketing tool that you have. Trevor, it's good to have you on the show today. Welcome to Neon Noise. Uh, nice to be here, guys, and we uh, managed to survive the hurricane as well, <clears throat> although I do have a 10-foot gaping hole uh, in my ceiling no. that I'm not thrilled with um, from some water damage, but I'll deal. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> nice to be here. That's horrible. Hopefully you get that wrapped up and, and figured out. Uh, do me a favor and uh, share this a little bit about your background. Uh, well, let me see here. Um, on my, I think, did you ever see the movie The Jerk with Steve Martin? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I think on my Facebook profile, my assistant was teasing me the other day. She's like, you still have on there, um, I was born a, a poor black child. And she's like, <laughs> you're as white as you can possibly be, you know? And, and so I grew up in uh, I grew up in Arizona. I'm, I'm the son of a horseshoer. My biggest fear when I was growing up is that I'd never amount to anything because all my friends were rich or richer than me, and I thought I was the poor kid. My mom made my clothes, and I was embarrassed by that. Now, now I'm embarrassed that I was such a little ungrateful jackass <laughs> when I was <laughs> little. Uh, but I grew up thinking, you know, I grew up trying to beat the man and I, I, I learned to lie, cheat and steal and, and try to push hard. And then I had to get slapped down a few times. And, and I was just scared, you know, I was scared because my, well, my stepdad was a roofer and he wasn't the most loving and nurturing and richest dude in the neighborhood. Um, so I had challenges. And so I went to school, uh, got my college degree. I wasn't the brightest crayon in the box. So I felt like I had to work harder than everybody else. But it happened. And I'm like, they now taught me how to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen. So um, my my real business success started happening when I started hiring mentors. I found someone else who had created the result before me and, and I followed their, their, their their path. And sometimes I was slow, you know, and I've got tons of stories about that. We could jump into, um, you know, but I, I eventually figured it out and I figured it out by getting help. And that's what I now do for a living. And I, 
at one point, you know, it's cool that you said I've got 10 books and they're all bestsellers. And now I help people do that. And I'm very proud of that, I have to say, but very honored and humbled because it took me 20 years to publish my first book. I thought books were easy. You know, I mean, it's words on paper. What kind of monkey can't do that? Well, apparently not me for 20 years. So um, I had to actually buckle down and and ask for help and swallow my pride and my ego and say, can you help me? And I found a mentor who was really good at creating results. And I could talk about that or what we can talk about anything. But like, I I think there's a really important thing when you find the right mentor who's created results for others, not just that they're a badass, but that they've got a history of creating other badasses. So that's what I found. And then I think I made our process even better. And now I help people with that every single day. Awesome. So let's actually dive into that mentor that that helped you write that first book, because it is important to follow someone who's made the mistakes, created a blueprint, and there's no sense in trying to uh, fumble around in the dark, trying to find the light switch when the light's on in the next room, you can just walk through the door. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about this mentor, how you chose the mentor and how it benefited you. So my grandfather passed away before, right before his 92nd birthday. And before that happened, he, uh, I'd been being, trying to be a pen pal with him. And I said, uh, I asked him a question about, <clears throat> as he was on his deathbed, what we, you know, cause he wasn't probably going to get out and his uh, daughter had to write the letter for him. I asked him about his happiest moments, like what were his favorite memories and his greatest accomplishments. And he basically wrote me a letter and it ended up being the last letter he ever sent me. And it inspired me. What I found in there was what I thought was like the keys to greatness, like the, to living a great quality of life. And it's not like he said, Trevor, this is the formula. He just said, these are my happiest moments. And I, I ended up, or, or these are the special moments that I'm most proud of. And I thought I, I found some patterns in there. And then what I did is, you know, and I was never ready. So I, I, I thought this would make a great book. This would make a great podcast. I should start talking about this. And I didn't do it for a year or two. And he passed away. And the, 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 one of his big regrets when he passed was that he hadn't published a book. And so I took action one day. I just got up and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to start my own podcast. So I started a podcast called Greatness Quest based on my grandfather's last letter. And that letter, you know, I learned three things from that letter that I thought gave people a great quality of life. Always be on purpose, you know, always be present, not like thinking, um, you know, in all my grandfather's memories, it wasn't like he was uh, thinking he wanted to be someplace else. He was always doing something he was passionate about. They're all P words, <laughs> doing something he was passionate about, um, feeling like he was with people that he loved. And then he was very present. Um, he was present in the moment, like loving or enjoying whatever it was he had done. And so I know that you asked me about my mentor and whatnot, but that was part of it. I needed a stimulus to kind of kick me in the ass. And that was one. And I got up and the video, the first video I made for this, if you ever go back and see it, I'd been growing my hair out and I don't have really thin freaking <laughs> hair. And at the time I was like, I bet my family, I was going to grow out my hair. I have awful hair. I have a cold sore right on my freaking chin pointing at the world. And I did this video and I ripped it. I didn't make it perfect. I just freaking ripped it. And it became the first uh, episode of my podcast, which I've now published for a few years now. And on one of those podcasts, I interviewed uh, the guy I'm telling you about who became my book mentor. 
And at the time, I had been what I thought was somewhat a successful entrepreneur. I'd had my podcast. I had written manuscripts before I'd like thought I had written my book. <laughs> I had the whole idea of it, but I'd never published it. And I was doing a podcast just like you guys are now. The dude inspired me. He, was go he wrote his first book when he was going through cancer treatments. And he was on his deathbed looking at his wife that he was leaving behind and his um, son and saying, what am I leaving behind? And, and what did he regret? And he uh, said that he regretted not writing a book. And so instead of making excuses, and he had every reason to, you know, going through chemo, he was, he only had one minute of, or excuse me, one hour of lucidity a day when he wasn't vomiting into a bucket or watching his hair fall out. And he pulled out his phone and he said, no more excuses. And he told his story into his phone and he transcribed that into his first book. And that book made him seven figures, the business behind it. And then he did it again and he did it again. And then he mentored others. And as I interviewed him, like you guys are now interviewing me, I was like, dude, could you just help me? Like I finally, I was like, cause I was bragging even on the, on the interview. I'm like, I got my own book and I've done some stuff and you've helped me. That was bullshit. I mean, it wasn't bullshit. It was true. I'd been following him for a while and I liked him, but I hadn't hired him <laughs> and I'd followed the stuff and I knew intellectually what to do, but I hadn't done it until I hired him. And then my wife and I, I got all fired up, guys. I was excited to publish my book and I figured it out because I now have a mentor who's done it and made big money and he's helped other people do it too. And I, and I got all excited and I'd like to talk about my dreams and stuff. And I'm doing it with my wife on a Saturday. And I'm like, honey, we figured it out. I hired Mike, you know, and we're going to, I'm going to write a best-selling book. You're going to write a best-selling book. It's not just going to be uh, a national bestseller. We're going to make it an international bestseller. And all our clients from now on, everybody's going to have best-selling books. Our daughter, she's like five or six at the time. She's going to have a best-selling book. And we're going to nail this. And all I did was piss her off. <laughs> she thinks I'm crazy sometimes. Like, I'm like, let's build a hotel on the moon. <laughs> and uh, we got in a fight and I said, and I got out of the car pissed because she's like not supporting me. She's like, this is not the time. And don't put that on me. And I'm like, ah, and I'm angry. She's angry. And I realized I needed to like calm the hell down and be a nice guy. So I came back a few minutes later and apologized for being a jackass. But um, this is one of those times that I can say, um, I told you so. <laughs> I don't get many of those opportunities. I'm typically wrong when it comes to an agreement or disagreement with my wife. But in the first year we both published our books working with Mike, we added a zero to the back of our income. So anybody listening right now, imagine the most money you've ever made and then add a zero to the back of that. And if you like that, that result, that's what I got when we learned to use books and we got our books on. I wrote my first book in 24 hours. I got it done. My wife took more like six months um, and then I, I did it again and I did it again. And now all my clients, I, I, I set a goal last year. Fast forward a few years here. Um, last year, I made a goal from October to De uh, December. I, I gave a 90 day goal. I said, I'm going to publish personally, me and my family, 10 books between now and the end of the year. And that was some for my daughter and some for my wife and a co-authored project, some other stuff. We published 10 books between October and December of last year. Uh, we made a ton of money in that time frame. And I made the goal to set, to help 100 new authors publish their books. And we're, we're rapidly approaching that goal of having helped them publish their book and turn it into their most powerful marketing tool. Great story. So you sparked a series of questions I have now. Because for starts, 
writing a book it it's it seems like this mountainous task that uh so many people i think have in the back of their mind i'd love to do this but i think much like what you faced you're like how in the heck do i ever get this done when do i find time and you give the example of your mentor only having a day an hour per day so obviously it, it it can be done but i think it's the fear of actually going through and trying to eat this elephant not knowing how where the first bite lies right so mm-hmm. let's start off with why write a book why what's the power in a book or for for someone and and we can we can kind of take it from there <clears throat> all right why write a book well if you're in business and you don't have a book you're you're missing the most powerful marketing tool you've got that positions your everybody can write this down i think this is the reason why um there's four words for you authority, credibility, trust, and desire. There is nothing like a book that establishes those four things. If you do, if you write the right book, and there's a caveat here, just having some piece of junk book out there is not it. <laughs> that is not it. You got you to gotta write a dream book, the book that really establishes your brand and your mission and what, you're, what you find most important or what you're best at. And that's confusing. Because, you know, everybody has a lot of books in them. You have one, two, five, ten. I don't know how many, but now you got to choose. So a book establishes authority, credibility. It builds trust. If in a book you share not just what you're excellent at, but you share your vulnerability. Even today, I didn't send beat my chest and say, look how cool I am and all the cool stuff I did. Yeah, I got that in there, <laughs> you know. You know, Justin gave that on the intro, like, hey, man, Trev's done this and Trev's done that. You need that. But I also filed a $2.2 million bankruptcy at one stage. And a few years ago, I thought, who the hell would ever want to listen to me? You know, my dumb ass again. Like, I, I thought I had, was a liar and I felt like I lied. You know, I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> but, but when you borrow money and don't pay it back, isn't that a lie? I think they call that stealing. I thought I'd go to jail. I didn't know you were even allowed to, like, not pay off a credit card debt or a car or whatnot. And I learned, by the way, if you try to lock up your vehicle in your garage, they'll freaking break in and take it <laughs> when they're repossessing stuff. And when you park it down to the end of the street, they'll find it and take that one, too. So, But it, I, I, my ego was knocked into the dirt. My self-worth was totally... Um, aligned with my net worth and I thought I had nothing. And then when I was a young man, younger, I thought, uh, you know, who would ever want to listen to me? And then my stories at the time, you know, I, whatever, who wanted to hear from me about, uh, and I had an idea about a book for this and an idea about a book for that. So I made every excuse under the sun, but I was asked on a podcast here recently, if I could go back in time, what age would I visit myself? And what advice would I give myself? And I said, I'd go back to me when I was about 20 and I would tell myself two things. I'd say, write a book, publish a book. Don't write it, publish a book as soon as possible. Like right now, in the next six months and start a podcast. Even though back then, I don't know that we had podcasts. I'd say as soon as they make the word podcast, create a podcast, but draw a line in the sand about whatever it is that you think you're passionate about. And you don't have to be great at it yet. You can still go interview people who you love that you think are awesome about money marshmallows uh, uh whatever you want to do and then draw a line in the sand because there is no better business building branding tool in my opinion than a book i mean there's a great book um i think they call it the good book you know people look at the bible i mean people see the printed word there's something powerful about it and you're going to call baloney on me look at tony robbins in the last decade. And I went to my first Anthony Robbins event in 2002. 
So 15 years ago, there were 1,500 people in that audience. I was blown me away. Tony was a rock star then, and he's a rock star now. Although today, I think a couple months ago, I went to his most recent event. There were 15,000 people at that event. Tony hasn't published a book, not one, in that time frame. Between now. When I went and the event just recently, except the last two years, he published Money Master the Game year one, and then he published his new book, what's it called, Unshakable. Year after year, he works with some of my book mentors. There's not a coincidence. That book he leveraged into one of his most powerful marketing tools, and he gives it away for free, and he looks like Jesus when he's doing it. God bless him, you know? But it's like, it can be used. Now, most people that write a book suck at it. They suck at writing the right book. They suck at marketing it. They suck at promoting it. And they suck at making money with it. And I know that because I have hundreds of people every year that come to me now and they say, what the hell am I going to do with this? You know, it's not working. I don't know how to use it. So if you know how to use it, it can be. But a book is also like a powerful tool, like a chainsaw. If you don't know how to use it and you just leave it in your garage, especially in Florida, what's going to happen to that chainsaw if it just sits there and you don't use it? It's going to rust up, rust up, useless tool. That's what you've got. And you have to throw that thing away. And that's what happens when people write the wrong book, which is why now I have two new books that are out. One is called how to write the right book fast. Uh, and then the other one is how to make big money with your book. I'm doing a big promotion and I'd love to give that as a gift, a gift to all your audience. If they want to learn how to get inspired and make money with a book, that'll give them some of the hows. So we're going to cover as much as that we can today. But, um, you asked one simple question. I don't shut the hell up. So, uh, did I answer the why I think a book is so important? No, I think you did. I did. I think you did. And and before we jump into big money with your book, I'm curious on how to write the right book, because I think that's something that's important maybe to to just maybe scratch the surface on, but determining how to write, because just writing a book period saying I am a published author does have some credibility to it alone. I mean, if you're going to get up and speak in front of a group of people and they, you know, Hey, I'm an author. Great. And so they give you some, some, a nod of credibility, even not even ever having read your book, but to write the right book obviously has a lot more impact. How do you go about figuring out what the right book or how to write the right book? All right. Great question. So, First of all, I I got all fired up and started writing my books when I was 20. And then I got excited again to do it when I was 25. And I got excited again and tried it when I was 30. And then I put it on my New Year's resolution list and I tried it again when I was 35. And I tried it again when I was 36. And I tried it when I was 37. I tried it when I was 30. You know, you get in the pattern. Like, I took action, writing the wrong book, wasting my time, trying to get pregnant, just masturbating, running on the treadmill, trying to run a marathon. It just didn't work. So it's really important to get clarity first. So when my friend Mike was on his cancer bed, or when I finally got clarity around my book and I wrote my first book that became a bestseller in 24 hours, when we first launched the book, I wrote it in 24 hours. How'd I do that? I got clarity first around four questions that I'm going to give everybody right now. You can ask and answer. Now, my only caveat here on giving this to everybody is they're badass questions. They're totally the ones that you could spend a lot of money on uh, to invest with me, and I'll help you ask and answer these questions and I'll make sure that they're all dialed in. But my caveat here is you're about to get advice that I typically charge a shit ton of money for. So appreciate the the insight I'm going to share with you as though you just spent money on it. Because if you get free advice, you typically value it based on what you paid for it. 
I know every a-hole I grew up with that was already talented at something at sports, man, they just pissed away what they got for free. You know, I had to work my ass off to get things. And then I respected it once I got it. When people get free advice, they're like, ah, man, you know, what's wrong with this? (laughs) So it's an unconscious thing. So I just ask you and your audience and everybody listening right now, just take this and actually see that you you invested like 10 grand in it. You'd freaking respect that advice. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So um, all that wasted time could have been saved. And if you're writing your book now and you get all fired up and you're like, that's it, I'm going to write a book, get help. My first advice is find the mentor, get some help, and don't just try to do it yourself. You wouldn't go build a dream house yourself, you know? You might get, because you we, we, get, we get all fired up and it's like, man, work, writing's easy. I got a great story. I want to tell it. I'll start writing my journal every day. I'll stay up late. I'll get up early. And you'll go start writing your book. That's like going in the backyard and nailing two by fours together, thinking you're building your dream house. You know, you might be getting a sunburn. You might be building up a sweat and you might be building a great dog house, but there ain't nothing you're building in your backyard. That's going in your dream house. Sure. <laughs> you know, that isn't it. Instead, you would go to an architect and an architect would, would design your blueprint. And then you would say, but I want a wall this big and I want an infinity pool like that. And he goes, well, where are you going to build this house? And you say in Manhattan. And he goes, dude, you're not allowed to build that house in Manhattan. <laughs> you know? And it's going to cost you $10 million. You can't do that. And you're like, well, you know, that could be a good house in Mexico or Mississippi, but not here. So an architect is important. That's why you need help. These four questions I'm about to give you are those. And then the architect doesn't build your damn house. They build the blueprint. And then the general contractor assigns all the people to do the work. And think of a book. I don't care if you're J.K. Rowling, um, Stephen King. You know, uh, James Patterson, you name an amazing author, Tim Ferriss, didn't write his freaking book by himself. You know, just like you don't. I mean, some people are like, I'm handy. I can build my house by myself. And two years later, they have a house. Awesome. You know, where you can get your book done real fast. and That'd be awesome by getting some help. You need a writer. You need an editor. You need a formatter. You need a designer. You need a marketer. If you don't have these people on your team, it's like having the electrician, the pool guy, your painter and your plumber all doing the same work. It doesn't make any freaking sense. So. I'm going to give you the blueprint questions on how to make sure you write the right book. But the whole first part of this is a caveat of warning. Get clarity first. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any questions before I answer these four? Cause I know I've been ranting no. again. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to hear them. All right. I just don't shut the hell up. So I'm like, I got to breathe every once in a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's the four questions. Um, I'm going to give them quickly. And they're caveman questions. I'm a dude, so I can only, I got to keep things real simple. There's four words. Actually, there's five. And then I'll go into them a little more depth. Who, what, why, and what's next? Who, what, why, and what's next? Okay. First question. Who is your book for? So people get all fired up and they want to go write a book. Great. Who's it for? Now, I can't tell you guys. I had two conversations with people today four yesterday who are talking to me and I'm doing a consultation with them on their book and they don't shut the hell up about it. They love their story. They love their thing. And Hey, you know what? They, 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 they got hit by lightning and they survived. They overcame bankruptcy. They were born a poor black kid and they grew up something awesome. Right. And, and amazing stories, but that is not where you start your book. Your book has nothing to do about you. At least that shouldn't have. I mean, it is going to be all about you and whatever you think is awesome, but you want to think about your ideal reader. Who's the perfect person to read your book? Now, I ask this question to a lot of people. Typically, the answer is like, everybody. (laughs) Like, like, I want everybody to read my book. Well, this is a problem in marketing too, man. 
You said, what are the tips of strategy for marketing and business and getting ahead and all of that? Decide who you want to serve. Who's your ideal, perfect avatar, a person to read this book? You know, I'll ask people like, okay, you say everybody would love your book. Great. Um, my daughter's 10. Would she like your book? And they're like, sure. You know, and I'm like, really? You know, I think my daughter, well, okay, well, maybe not your daughter. So I'm like, okay, so people over 10. My father-in-law is in his 70s. Would he like this book? And I'm like, well, yeah, he'd like it. I'm like, do you actually want to work with my father-in-law? She's like, well, no, not really. And so I'm like, so, okay, who's the person you really want to read this book? Like, who's your ideal? Who's your best client? Or who do you want to be your best client? So think of a wow client. One of my buddies uh, made, just makes millions of dollars, and I interviewed him on one of my podcasts called uh, Race to Seven Figures. And I asked the question, if you had to start all over from scratch and you had nothing, how would you do it? And he said he would find out what to sell and who to sell it to and then pick up the phone and start selling it, by the way, just as an out. But, but he said you, you, you have a specific person that you serve. And check out this complete mastery. He's like, you ask them what they want. Wait for it. And then you give it to them. He's like, that's, that's phenomenal marketing. Marketing is not this confusing thing. And I know we were talking offline before this started that people get overwhelmed with marketing. Marketing is communication. That's all it is. And if you're talking to your wife or a dude or a little girl or an old man or whatever it is, you talk to them in a different tone. I know in my house, I didn't even know I had a tone until I got married. And apparently I have a tone. <laughs> Sometimes I say shit and she doesn't like it. I'm like, really? I, I just spoke. He's like, I don't like the way you're talking to me. I'm like, what do you mean? I, you, I don't bring that tone in my house. I didn't even know I had a tone that was not allowed in my house. <laughs> so, you know, but it's the it's the who. Who do you are you writing your book for? Most people miss this mark. And for those of you who want a shortcut for most of us, and this isn't everybody, because you might want have an audience that's not you, but um, an insight to most people is, is look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth. Uh, next time they do that, hopefully tonight or this morning or whatever, uh, that dude or that gal, maybe a few years ago, might be a phenomenal reader for your first book the person that you used to be that has already gone through the fire and that you now know you can help beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, that may not be for everyone. You might be a dude and you serve women. That's fine. But it's an insight and a shortcut to a lot of people. I can't tell you how much, how sometimes people work with me for time and they're like, oh, I'm my avatar just a few years ago. And I'm like, really? I thought we started that with the first day. <laughs> but, uh, but so who you write your book for is key. I asked you guys before we even started this, this, um, this podcast, I said, who's showing up here? Can I curse? Can I not curse? Like, who am I talking to? Am I talking to business owners? You know, and you said that my bio resonated with you guys and your audience. So I'm like, bitching, I, I, this sounds to me like I can just be myself. Like, I don't have to try to be something else. And you guys are like, yeah, fucking go for it. So I think that's a really key part that people miss. Your book has an audience right for that person because they're writing for Christians and you can't drop the F-bomb then that's awesome. Don't drop the F-bomb. I don't care how much you like it. It's not yours. It's for it's your audience and you write for them. Let me breathe again, see if there's any more questions and I'll go into the other three. Uh, no, here. man, spot on. I'm loving the, uh, the approach of uh, identifying your avatar, your buyer persona, first and foremost, before you get started. And then the very plain and simple advice your, your guest uh, from the uh, Race to Seven Figures podcast episode on, on your your uh, greatness quest podcast 
you know, ask them what they want. If I know who they are, ask them what they want and then give it to them is, is simple, but spot on. It's spot on, man. I mean, this guy had to start over from scratch at one stage. And I know this because I saw him take on some new business and new success and moved to Australia and then he lost everything. And he was like, oh, shit, you know, and then instead of just thinking he knew how to build it all back, he went to his new and it was a it was a client he knew to the type of client he knew. And he went to them and he asked them questions. <laughs> the first thing he did is he surveyed his questions or his his ideal audience. And he found out what they needed now and the way they said it now. Marketing is communication. So everybody today gets an opportunity. And let me shift this also into making money with your book, because let's get somebody some tangible shit that you don't just have to don't go into the drawing board and go to do. I got whiteboards all around me like I love creating shit. But that's the problem with entrepreneurs. Oftentimes we build shit and we're not selling anything. So the way that you celebrate this is everybody today is having a conversation with a publisher. I'm the publisher. I have a company called Epic Author Publishing. And I want to tell your story. I want to help you tell your story. I want to publish your book. So now you can say you're just on a podcast with a publisher who thinks your story matters and that you matter and that you better freaking get out of your own way and publish your damn book. Because the biggest platform on the planet where people go online to buy stuff is Amazon and they search for problems they want solved, the results they want to get, and your shit's not there. I don't care how good you are at it. Your book's not there. And it could be, and it could be positioned so they could find you and you could partner with a billion dollar company like Amazon who can't wait to have you freaking sign your book up there, your new book, even before it's done. That's a key insight here. Declare to the world that it's out there and then they'll promote you to your ideal target audience who's trying to search for problems they want solved and results they want to have and they find you and your stuff. So I tell your audience to stop being selfish, stop trying to be perfect. That's why I took the time to answer that question about, um, uh, I went back to my grandfather and doing a video with bad hair and a cold sore. Sure. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I freaking did it. And everybody has a chance today to do a marketing activity called a declaration, which is phase one of declaring to the world that you're writing a book. I also got this. Uh, I stole it from my uh, this this friend of mine I just told you about as well. You you call your mom, man. Go on social media today. Post on Facebook and say. I'm writing a book, just got off the podcast with this uh, publisher and I'm all excited, fired up, I'm gonna write a book. Post it, you're gonna get love, man. Call your mom and say, mom, I'm all excited, I'm writing a book. Or you know, call, call, call maybe a mentor, <laughs> call somebody and, and tell the world though, declare to the world that you're publishing a book about, fill in the blank, about money, about real estate, about my business, about the next level of whatever you're into. Um, one of my clients came to me last year Oh, earlier this year, uh, so in February, and she said, Trev, I'm excited about writing a book. I need to get this done. I need to do that for my brand. What should it be about? My first consultation, I went through these questions with her, and I know I'm still on the first one, which is, who do you help? But I gave her this gift as well, which was declare to the world you're publishing a book. And, and everybody who gives you a thumbs up <laughs> or a smiley face and says, wow, what's it about? Those are leads. Sure. These are people you get to communicate with and follow up with. And I actually told Lisa after our call, her name is Lisa Chastain. I gave her her goal to go do. And I said, go, you can't hire me right now. You need to now, like she paid me for the session. But I'm like, go out there and tell the world about your book. Follow up with all those leads and make sales. Sell your stuff. You got awesome stuff. Go sell it. And I liked people to sell high ticket shit. If you sell stuff for a dollar or $10 or $100, it's tough, man. 
I don't know if you do the math on this, but to make a million bucks, you got to sell a million $1 things. <laughs> but if you, if you sell a $1,000 thing and you sell 10 of those, you just made 10 grand. That's kind of cool. I like my first book is called High Paying Clients, like how to go get them, how to find them, where they are, where you go fishing for them, what do you say to them, how do you attract them, how do you close them? It's a great book. It's one of the reasons I made good money on the back of that because people want that stuff. And declare to the world today you're publishing a book on something. I'm not sure yet. It's either going to be real estate, being a father, or be or freaking groundhogs because I think those are amazing. <laughs> Whatever it is. And then you interact with your audience. They're going to go, what the hell, groundhogs? You know, and like, but I would be interested in that real estate book or fuck you, I think you're a bad father or whatever. Like, we get some feedback and then you start to interact with them and you're like, hey, what do you think? And then you say, hey, you wouldn't want some help with your groundhogs, would you? And they're like, fuck, I don't have a groundhog. And you're like, do you know anybody who likes groundhogs? I don't know. But then you ask them. So they're either your lead to someone else or they're your client. And they go, I used to sell this um, energy drink. It was a healthy energy drink. And the bad thing about this energy drink is it a uh, couple bad things. It was, um, it tasted bad. <laughs> so you gave it to somebody and they like, they spit it out. Like nine out of 10 people be like, this tastes like shit. So it was like, okay, that, that was a problem. And then, and then uh, it also had a lot of niacin in it. And it's a kind of niacin that gives you great energy, but it, you get a niacin flush. Do you guys know what that no. is? Okay. It's, it's like getting poison ivy all over ah, your body. That's not good. <laughs> and so you, you break out in a rash and itch all over. It's really good for you, really healthy. And so we had to figure, we had to figure out how to sell that stuff. And so we did is we, we, we found the people who got on the energy drink and drank it for a while, you'd mix this powder with water, they'd lose weight. They'd lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, 150 pounds. And then their doctors were taking them off of their medications. So like sexy young people who are all skinny and ripped already, like they're like, they didn't give a shit because it didn't taste good at first. The fat people, you know, would, and you know, come on, everybody's got a little extra weight on them, you know, so that I'm not, not throwing anybody under the bus. You know, if you're fat, sorry, <laughs> but I mean, they, they would, uh, they drink it and be like, holy crap. You know, I think it tastes good. It tastes sweet after they drink it for a while, their body chemistry would start to change. And what used to be acidic and taste sour or sweet or bitter would end up tasting good over time. And their doctors are taking them off their medications. And we said, well, shit, Let's stop selling this to skinny people, skinny young 20-year-olds, and sell it to people that have extra weight on them. Now, when we sold this, just by the way, when we went out and said, hey, I noticed you're fat. Would you like to take this energy drink and help you lose weight? That didn't work too well. Like, it's like going to a bar and being like, hey, I'm all horny and trying to have sex. Who here wants to have some of that? Like, you see my car? Like, that's a really cool move you can try at home. If you're single, it's freaking awesome. Work every time. <laughs> but but uh, instead, we go to them and say, hey. I'm real, you know, I, we'd ask them a really powerful question. They're called the seven magic words. Who do you know we can help? I'm all fired up. I got this cool energy drink. It helps people lose weight. You wouldn't know anybody who'd want to do that, would you? And they go, me. And they, you know, they're 300 pounds. And you can tell they're like, most of it's like really obesity fat, not like freaking rock, like 300 pounds where you're like, holy shit, I hope he doesn't eat me. But nor like you, holy shit, I hope this freaking job of the mutt doesn't eat me, you know, but they, they go me and you're like, really, you want to lose weight? I had no freaking idea, you know, so you get to follow up with everybody gives you a thumbs up on your new book. And if you go, hey, you wouldn't want to know how to learn, make some more money, would you? Because I'm writing a book about it. Can I interview you for my book? You seem like a total badass. Hey, I'm writing a new book. And this is a phenomenal tool. I went to two conferences recently and I saw badasses up on stage. And most people are there trying to hand out their business card and, 
hey man, this is me, get my thing. You know, can I, can I sell you some real estate or a car or whatever the hell they do? Like I don't even bring business cards. I don't even have a freaking business card because nobody's interested in me. They're all interested in them. And instead of shopping for freaking clients, I'm looking for mentors, baby. I know the next level. I'm looking up on stage. I'm like, look at that badass. And instead of being a monkey and following in like a cow, like everybody else, and like, I can't wait to talk to the guru after he gets off on stage. I'm like, I don't know, this is not me. I think it's awesome. Go stand in line, but I can't handle it. I go up to him after the crowd clears, and I'm like, hey, um, my name's Trevor. You know, that was really good. Thank you very much for that amazing thing. And then they say something because I compliment them because I thought they're awesome. I'm like, um, by the way, I'm writing a new book right now, and I think you'd be perfect for it. I love that story. Could I interview you for my book? See, that's marketing. That's powerful, freaking badass marketing. And then I can tell them, because this guy in particular, and there were like five of them just recently, and I'm like, I'm looking to hire somebody that might be able to do the shit you do. Could we talk about that as well? And so now I'm searching for mentors that are badasses and I'm positioning myself much differently in the marketplace just by saying I'm writing a book. So when I say that your book <clears throat> can be your most powerful marketing tool, I'm trying to give you some insight. Call your mom, post it on Facebook, follow up with people, find out if they're interested in shit. Just don't try to tell, hey, I know you're fat. I know you're broke. I want to sell you something that sucks. But like, who do you know might want some of this? Who do you know might want to be a featured case study in here? Who do you know who might want to be a, who's a badass in this thing that I can interview because I want to start a new podcast. I want to start a new book. I want to figure this shit out. I've been failing now for a long, like be authentic about where you are. Don't bullshit people. You're going to be like, hey, I decided to write a book about this. I know nothing about it, but it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And I need to find the biggest badasses out there that I can interview. Can I talk to you? And then you record those interviews. You make great relationships. And these are new promotional partners for your book. Because they can't wait to have their freaking story told <laughs> and help promote your book. So this, hopefully you guys are liking this. This is badass stuff. But this is also talking about that who, which is who are you writing the book for? Because then you need to know who you're targeting and who you're going to ask for leads from. When you post this on social media, you go to the next networking event. And instead of being like everybody else, stand out and say you're publishing your own book. I'll breathe again. Good stuff. Good <clears throat> stuff. So... The who is, I got that down. So the next uh, item on the list would be the what. All right. So what's your book about? And you get to decide and you get to ask. Lisa Chastain, who talked to me in February, did that. And she posted on Facebook once and then she followed up with those leads, posted on it again. She made $12,000 in 30 days. She didn't have a title. She didn't have a book cover. She didn't have a table of contents. She didn't even really know what it was going to be about but she made 12 grand. What's your book about? Draw a line in the sand. And I'll give everybody the same, like a, an idea of the same thing, like for an avatar, the dude brushing the teeth in your mirror might, might be one for you, might be. Maybe what your book should be about is what you do best. Don't hold it back. My, my fear when I wrote my first book was to put all my best shit in there that everybody would steal it. Um, I did in one of my clients or one of my publishers, uh, one of the people on my publishing team is a phenomenal writer and she was interviewing me for her podcast and for an article that she did in like Entrepreneur Magazine or Huffington Post or something like that. We jumped off our interview and she goes, Trev, you, you got to hold something back, man. You get, don't tell everybody your secrets. Like, you know, you gave too much. Hold it back. You know, I was like, you got the wrong mentality here, girl. Serve. Put your best stuff in your book. The scariest shit, the stuff that you that you charge the most money for, put it all in there. 
and don't put too much in there. Give them what they need to get from point A to point B. Because if you identify what your book is, uh, who your book is for and what it's about, your, your book should be, I'll give you question number three. Why should somebody read it? Why do they care enough to read it? And there's two things about why. Why are either problems people want solved or results that they want. So your book needs to, and the cover of your book and the title of your book and your conversation about it needs to solve problems. That's why they're going to pick it up. If they don't understand who it's for, what it's about, and why they should read it, I promise you, it's like you go to a website. Go to a brand new website. You go there. Everybody's done this. You go on a website. You click freaking some link on Facebook, <laughs> and you click on something, and you're like, what the fuck is this? That's the first thing you say. You're like, what is this? What, what, what is this? And then the second question you ask, this is a great marketing branding question. These three things come up for everybody on a book, on a website, on your marketing material. What is it? What is it about? And what am I going to do next? A little extra for everybody on, on testing your marketing. What is it? What's it about? And what am I going to do next? I just recently bought a new house in Tampa and then just in time for the hurricane. So it smashed in my ceilings. That's amazing. Um, but for the first time in a decade, I've been shopping for a new bed. Up until that time, you couldn't have freaking interested me in a new bed no matter what, <laughs> you know, because I didn't want one. But now that I'm looking for one, I'm interested. So if I'd have gone to a website about a bed, I'm like, what is it? What's it about? About beds? I'm gone. What am I going to do next? I'm not interested. But now that I'm looking for one, you've got my attention. Most of the people that we talk to aren't interested in your shit right now. But when they are, you want to capture their attention. So your book and your website and whatever and all of your marketing, they need to understand who you're talking to. You do need to understand that they need to know that they're talking to you um, when, when you're speaking to them, that it sounds like them and they like your language and communication style. And then your book addresses problems they want solved and results that they want to get. And then they're like, oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? And the coolest thing about this is all of this marketing and all of this making money stuff happens starting today and tomorrow and next week and when you finally decide to do your cover and then the week after that and then the month after that and then when your ebook comes out it happens after that and then the podcast comes out it happens after that and then it happens again the, the second week of your podcast and then it happens after the paperback comes out and then you decide to redo your book and then you see you realize you left a, <laughs> a typo on the cover and you're like ah now you relaunch your book and you say you celebrate every phase from idiot to I just think this is kind of cool and I want to write a book about it all the way up until you're the ultimate black belt badass at your thing it's marketing it's interaction and engagement most people think a book this big daunting task of writing a book when you were saying that I'm like, no, man, you're not Ernest Hemingway. You don't need to go on sabbatical in the woods and do drugs. <laughs> We're going to stay up and write your book. You can interact with people today. You talk to the people and you interact and engage with them. We live in this world of marketing communication, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, something, and have a conversation, and you're, you're engaged in the most powerful marketing you can possibly have. Seth Godin. What is it gets asked a lot, and he's the author of Tribes and Purple Cow and pretty popular. Most people know of him, especially in the entrepreneurial community. And uh, he said a lot of people come to him and they say, how do you make a best-selling book? You know, how do you, how do you build a business behind it and whatnot? And he said, write a great book that helps one person get a phenomenal result. That's how you sell a million copies of your book is you serve one and then they love it and they freaking rave for someone else. So what goes in this book? How do you know to write the right book? Don't guess. 
Don't quietly, secretly, silently write your book in the dark. On the, in the midnight, I'm up till midnight writing my book. That's baloney, man. Instead, start today marketing your book by declaring, drawing a line in the sand, saying, I'm doing one. And then you're hung. You're screwed now. I'm screwing everybody, too. You're like, fuck that guy. Just fucking, I just, now I got to write a book. Damn it. I don't think I got time. When you get clarity, my clients typically get their books done in 30 days or less because we give them the blueprint of what to go do specifically instead of masturbating and waiting, wasting time and doing all the wrong shit. You now know specifically what goes in your book because you ask and answer these questions and then you freaking rip it. It's done because this stuff is inside of you. And if it's what your story is and what you do best and you interview badasses or, or, or somebody that you want to be your client, you can leverage your book and your most powerful marketing tool. Everybody starting today, regardless of whether you go get my new book, regardless of whether you come to my event, regardless if you ever go to another, just you freaking do this and pretend you invested some real money in my advice and you'll go freaking create some amazing results. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. That, uh, that is value there. Uh, and yes, you are spot on about how people do perceive, uh, advice, the worth of it and how much they invested. And, uh, that is worth uh, a ton of money. So I appreciate you sharing that with our audience. Yeah, baby. I do the same thing, man. I get something for free and I'm like, Meh. I pay for it. And I'm like, you know, when people pay, they pay attention. That's the truth. So let's talk real quickly about your your book, Big Money with your book, without selling a single copy. And in the intro on Amazon, I was checking this out. You write the average self-published author makes less than $100 per year, which is super, super <laughs> like, what, why, well, why would I write a book? Because I'm thinking here, if I got a number one bestseller, right, I could probably add the, you know, if I get that status, then instantly... I should be able to add the word money to my name, like Floyd Money Mayweather, right? I mean, it's it's like I'm number one bestseller. I am rolling it Jay-Z style, but that's not necessarily the case. And so you're addressing this without even selling a single copy, making big money. So let's talk about this book and what it's about and dive in, dive in into there, because I'm sure there's some segues from what you just explained to us that, that uh, are there. But uh, share with us a little bit about that. Yeah, brother. Um, so, and I'm going to answer the fourth question, which was who, what's, why, who, what, why, and what's next as well in this. What's next is the powerful money-making thing in your book. Your book is the beginning. Your book is not the end. Most authors, and that's why I put that in there, those are statistics, you know, at least if the Google is accurate. <laughs> I haven't met everybody in the world, but if the Google is accurate, then I pulled those numbers from something legit. I think I probably cited what I did because I typically try not to just pull every number out of my ass. But um, uh, what most authors think is that their book is going to bring the endorsement deals. They think they watched Kevin Costner's Field of Dream, and if they b build it, they will come but it's baloney. Your ideal client is not shoeless Joe Jackson, you know, and you're not a freaking, uh, you don't live in a, in, in a fantasy Hollywood world. That's not the way it works. So when you build it, they won't come. Uh, be, if you don't freaking tell anybody about it, you know, the best widget in the world, but if you don't tell anybody, you're screwed. Nobody knows that your, your products and services are amazing because you don't tell anybody because you're scared of marketing. You don't know what to say. So say something, something is better than nothing. Now, 
what does that book talk about and what does what's next mean? Most people think they got to make big money with their book. I, I work with a lot of speakers and a lot of them, I just had a conversation with one today and I'm like, what do you sell? And she said, I, I do speaking. I'm like, so you get paid to speak? Yes. What do you make? And so she told me how much she makes. And I'm like, okay, when with this new book you have that you've got all planned and baby, she's done with this book. She's got the next three months. She's like dotting I's, crossing T's and making it even more beautiful. But she doesn't know how to make it a powerful marketing tool. She hasn't, she's not really telling that many people about it yet. That's not true. She is talking to some. She did a TEDx talk and everybody thought she was awesome and her story was awesome. So she has some fans, but she's not making any freaking money because she's not selling them anything that they don't, that they want. Like, come on. The book is the beginning. So the important part about this, like imagine going to, what's that uh, pyramid in, in Chichen Itza? Or that's what it's called in Mexico. Like there's these, these pyramids, right? With the, you, you can walk up the pyramids in Mexico. You guys seen that? I've, I've done that once in like yeah, the Yucatan Peninsula. So that's what it was. You know, you go up there, you get to the Yucatan, you're like, look at that pyramid. Oh my God, that's so great. And you run up and you go to the first step and you jump up there and you're like, ah, I made it. And then you go home. No, no, there's freaking baloney. You go up to the top, man. The book is the beginning. The book is the foundation. The book is step one. Most people don't get this. They think their book is the end-all, be-all thing, and I get it. I've been there. I'm the guy that thought, when I have it, everyone will come. No, they won't. So you got to think about the business behind it. What I did in Big Money With Your Book without selling a single copy is instead of, I like telling a lot of stories, and I tell my stories, I tell my clients' stories, and then that gets a little ego-anky where it's like, look at that guy. He fucking won't shut up. You only do is tell him how cool he is and how cool his clients are and how they all make money. So instead, I interviewed five badasses for that book. Who I have, who one of them was my client, um, was had been my client. I knew one, one of them now is my client. Um, one of them is one of my mentors. But I interviewed people from five different walks of life. One of them is in the hot dog business. He has a hot dog stand, man. And and he he say he his book his first book is called um, Hot Dog Saved My Life. And he made fifty three thousand dollars in like thirty days or fifteen days or something. I got to look at my book to see what the statistic was. And I, I interviewed that dude for this book. Because it was the business behind it. Excuse me. Then um, I introduced, I interviewed a guy who's in sales and he went from losing $100,000 a year to making $1.7 million. And the shift was he published books. Now the books were part of it, but it's the business behind it. It's the business beyond. Do you remember, um, you guys know the name Al Gore probably. And uh, if you've heard of um, An Inconvenient Truth, do you remember that? Sure. Did you ever see yep, that movie absolutely. or his PowerPoint? Um, on global warming, you know what it's about though, right? Okay. So I finally, uh, no one was in the house and I freaking got it on Redbox or the library or something. I'm watching that dang thing a few years ago and, um, I'm, I'm actually sitting on the edge of my seat. Al Gore had me entertained and then he had me all fired up and I'm like, man, the world is melting. I'm like, this sucks. We got to do something about it. I feel like a jackass. I need to change things. And so then the end of the video He's like, the world, we're melting it. Ice caps, killing the world. We suck. Got to change it. And I'm like, yeah, man. I'm all fired up. And then it was the end of the movie, end of the show. And I was like, uh, what? So I, I go to the DVD and I'm like, did I fucking miss it? Am I stupid? Like, and I look on the on the um, the extras and I can't find anything. I'm like, what the fuck did Al Gore tell me to do? Oh, he, didn't, he didn't say write your congressman. He tell me to do shit. I'm like, screw you, Al Gore. Like, what the hell? I'm like, am I fucking stupid? And so I go online and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm looking for what does Al Gore say to do to stop global warming? And I'm like, I don't know. He fucking says it's a big problem, though. And I'm like, well, what does he do? He, he said, change your light bulbs to fluorescent light bulbs. 
and go, go start driving a Prius. And I was like, fuck, this sucks. Screw you. So, and he's got a great book because it's New York Times. You know, if you're vice president of the United States, you can write a book on freaking anything you want. And it'll be awesome. You can put a shit in a box and freaking sell it and it'd be great. But if not, you want to give your audience a place to go. What's behind your book? I can't tell you how many freaking clients I have come to me who have gone with traditional published authors and they come to me and they get, they're so excited. They're like, I have a traditional, I didn't self-publish. I went with a public, I, I got a book deal. How much you get for your book? $1,500. Like they're like, $1,500. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, and, and this is someone who used to work for the Bush administration and went over to Iraq and then like taught them media communication shit, like a serious freaking dude. And they wrote his book for two years. The publisher had their hands on this book. He didn't tell anybody about it. Shh, don't tell anybody yet. Because he's not sure when the book's going to come out. And then they, he didn't like the cover, but he didn't own it anymore because they bought it. So he has no freaking choice there. And then I'm like, well, what do you sell? What, what, what's the back of this? And he's like, well, you know, I'm just consulting and back end government and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, so you want to be a consultant? Yeah. Like, what do you charge? I'm like, do you have your website in the book? Fucking nothing, man. Not his website. Not anything. No call to action. It doesn't really sell anything. It doesn't teach you shit. It says memoirs about being there. And I'm, there's, it's a freaking great book. I got it on my shelf. He, but he hired me. He needed some freaking help because he needed some marketing help because nobody cares about you and your story and your, your amazing stuff. You know, when you go to get an ice cream cone, you know, you go to Baskin Robbins or freaking Ben and Jerry's or whatever it is, and you go get ice cream, you'll like, you know what, kid, you put some sprinkles on there. See, your stories are like sprinkles. People think that's where you start with the book. That is not the case. You're, you're what, nobody goes to freaking uh, 31 flavors and freaking buys, uh, uh, can I have a bowl of sprinkles, please? That's all your bullshit stories with no context. What should happen is you ask and answer these questions. Who, what, why, what's next? Where are you driving them? What are the next steps? What would Al, could Al Gore have told me to go do that he got me all fired up and part of a Facebook group and part of a something, doing something, taking action, wearing new t-shirts and changing the world Figure the vision of your and mission of your book first. Now you get to start making that happen and make money with it today. Find a way to sell some kind of product or service. And if you don't know what the hell to do, go read Big Money with your book. Because I interviewed some badasses from all different types of walks of life. Like some one of my uh, new friends, and she's actually now a client. Her name is Alona Selke. She's probably one of the, the, mo the richest people that I interviewed in the book. She makes a fortune. And she's into spiritual connectedness, you know, and she, and it's like, uh, and she, every picture has like her, her new book is called dream big and, 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 but she has made, she is an action taker. She's not just an airy fairy freak. She's freaking awesome. She has these visions of what she wants to create and she makes them happen. It's like the law of attraction on steroids with this gal. She's amazing because she takes action. Go get that book and you'll learn some stuff to sell behind it. But it's like courses, consulting, products, programs, something beyond your book is where the money is. My daughter's 10 years old. She wanted to buy a new computer. It's a thousand bucks because she wanted the new Apple, you know, whatever the heck it is. And I'm like, I'm not buying it for because I'm a cheap ass. No, I'm just kidding because I want her to respect something. <laughs> and so I said, uh, I said, honey, how many of you, if you, if you sell one of your books, how much money do you make? And let's just say for argument's sake, she makes 10 bucks. I'm like, okay, how many books do you need to sell to get that computer? She's like, okay. So she did the math. She's like, 100. I'm like, all right. So I did a business with my daughter where we teach people to become kids' book authors, and we teach the course together. And my daughter has a mission to help 100 kids become 
published authors. It's, it's called Super Kids Books Publishing. Kind of cool. And um, and I said, how? And let's say your course is a hundred bucks. I'm like, honey, how many book? How many courses do you need to sell to make a thousand bucks? And she's like, ten. And I was like, all right. Well, which which sounds easier? And which would you rather do? And she goes, well, it's probably easier to find ten kids, but I want to do both. I'm like, yes, that's my girl. You know, she wants to do both. But you gotta have something beyond your book. People don't think it, and then they're confused in their messaging. And I'll tell people, hey, man, tell me about your book in 10 words or less. And they blather on, blah, 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 blah. I don't fucking understand what the hell they're saying. And most people will blow smoke up their skirt and say, oh, that sounds amazing, whatever. And they walk away going, I don't know what the fuck they just said. Because, but I have the, uh, the courtesy, the honesty to go, I love you. I support you. I think you're going to an amazing story. I can't wait to make this happen. But I didn't understand one fucking word that just came out of your mouth. No, I don't say it like that. I, I'm a little bit more gentle. <laughs> I'm like scaring the shit out of someone's like, I'm not fucking talking. That guy, he's mean. No, I'm not mean. I want to make sure that your message makes sense. Everybody listening right now has a message and something that you do great and is amazing. And your message matters. And you need to figure out a way to tell your story. You don't have to do that on your own. You can get some go some help. If you go scoop up my book, I'll ship it to you. You just pay for shipping. I know these guys are going to put the link on there. But I will help you not just come up with the ideas and get all fired up. But I got some place to take you. You know, and the, it's the promised land where you make more money. You, you, you get a message out there that changes the world. And it, they, don't, they don't happen in sequence. It's not like paint by numbers. Do one, two, three. And then finally by fucking 400, you can finally make a dollar. No, 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 no. It starts today. Today, you can start. It all happens simultaneously. Sell the vision and the mission for what you care about today. And test it by talking to people and risking that you might not look good and perfect and polished and whatever. And now you're being a badass. Now you're communicating with authenticity and you will stand out in the marketplace like nobody else. Hopefully you just are, are have the follow through to finish what you say you're the hell you're going to do. So if you say you're going to write a book, freaking get it done. And you find someone like me who will hold your hand and help you along the way. And I didn't do it because I was great at this at first. I'm just like everybody else here except maybe dumber. Um, I had to, I had to get a lot of help to figure this out. And I have a team of people now to help me and I can't wait to help you guys. Awesome. So we'll include that link, uh, in the show notes and, uh, probably in the body of, uh, the podcast episode when we launch it. So be on the lookout for that folks. Now, just to get this, uh, for clarity purposes, the, the methodology here would be get your book, go through your book. And then that mentor that that you you say that uh, is is paramount of having, you can be that mentor. That's your, that's your purpose. That's your that's your uh, skin in this game. That's that's the, the what next to your book, correct? I mean, that's what you're looking for is to help mentor me. I want to write a book, and I'm going to read uh, your your big money with your book. You go and say, great, I'm all fired up. I got these steps, and I need a mentor. I would then say, Trevor, we need your help. I need your help to, to make this happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm your dude on that. I mean, I'm my, my job's to help you do it really quickly. I've got, I put on a lot of free content for that. <clears throat> I've got a webinar. I do trainings. I, I sell a membership site where I help you. I'm transitioning things. So I have a very low ticket option to help you with that. That's freaking badass. Uh, so that's going to be coming out soon. Tip my, my bread and butter right now is to mentor um, people to do this. And I work with you for six months and I help you get it done. Um, for those of you who scoop up this book quickly, I have an event coming up that you get. And this may not be available to everyone because once tickets are sold out at the free level, 
um, and they're filled up, and that's going to happen very quickly, so you got to scoop it up. On the back end of getting this book, you get two tickets to Epic Author Summit, and that you get to spend three days with me and my publishing team, smarter people than me, that help you get this stuff done, and we help you do three things at this event. Meet your mission, master your marketing, and make more money, and it's all around how do you leverage books in that. Whether you have a book or you don't have a book, this is an amazing event for you. I don't care if you've got a dozen books. This is going to be transformational. Um, you remember Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I, I watched that the movie recently, and like he gets this golden ticket in the chocolate bar. And I was like, man, that's cool. So if you get this book, you get a golden ticket. <laughs> and now you register that golden ticket, and it's good for you and a guest to show up at Willy Wonka's, I mean, sorry, Trevor Crane's freaking <laughs> factory. <laughs> and, and I'm going to help you. I don't want you to be all fired up with no place to go. And if you watch the videos that I did on this, I dance around like a stupid Oompa Loompa on some of the videos because I'm, I'm like thinking, I thought that was funny. <laughs> and I think it's embarrassing, but I don't care. So, yeah. Um, and then you can, people can always reach out to me. They can find me if you just Google Trevor Crane. You'll find my website. You'll find my books. And you can reach out to me and um, ask for help. And I'd love to give you some support. So when, when is the Epic Author Summit and where is it located? So um, regardless of when somebody gets this, this is going to be timeless. So Epic Author Summit will always be happening. I'll do at least one a year. So wherever, depending on when you get this, um, this is a timeless uh, training then for you. So we'll try to keep the link that you have active forever and then also Epic Author Summit available for whenever. Um, in 2017, here in November, we're doing it on the 10th, 11th, and 12th. And that's going to be in Tampa, Florida, <clears throat> and it's going to be epic. If I can do, if I have anything to do with it, it's going to be as good as I can friggin' make it. <laughs> um, and then tickets for this event are actually thirty five hundred bucks. So I'm very genuinely giving everybody a phenomenal gift. Uh, tickets are going for free for a little bit, then they go up to uh, the, the price goes up to or back up to thirty five hundred. So um, scoop them up now. And if you don't get the free ticket, don't be pissed at me <laughs> or or anybody on the podcast here just because then they're gone and I'm sorry you missed out, but you can come, you, we'll, I'll give you some kind of phenomenal discount and bonus so there'll always be something there for you where you still feel served um, and then you can still come and get a deal because if you came here, then I want to make sure you're taken care of. Awesome, awesome. Now Trevor, on your website, you have a section about giving back and I thought that was interesting mm. because uh, you got some photos of you and it looks like your family in different places at different times and doing some charitable things. And you mentioned the importance of giving back. I wanted just to have you touch on that for a quick second. Thank you, brother. And I appreciate the research, you know, to, to look into that. It is something that's um, important to me. And actually, quite frankly, I think it's something that I'm, I'm shifting in my business currently to start putting at the front of my marketing and communication in my business. <clears throat> and that is that if you do business with a cause at the front of it, you have an opportunity to change the world. I think Tom, I think uh, Tom's Shoes did this. They went ahead and said, uh, for every pair of shoes you buy, we will contribute a pair, we'll give a pair away. And there's a ton of examples like that. I just met a new, uh, one of the gentlemen that was speaking on stage at a conference I was at just recently was talking about the power of cause and the power of purpose and the mission behind it. And those pictures and the video that you saw there that I, or whatever I have on the website where I talk about giving back. My wife and I got married uh, in 2011 in November. Actually, 11-11-11 because I wanted to make sure I could remember <laughs> the date. <laughs> so on 11-11-11, we got married and we took our honeymoon to Panama. 
And on that honeymoon, let's say a couple weeks later, a month later or whatever. Oh, it was a month later because it was right around Christmas time. Uh, we were we knew we wanted to give back. And so something we wanted that was going to be special was to find people in Panama that we could help and serve. And so when we went to go see some cool caves and we had gotten a bicycle to ride friggin' from some one point point A to point B, uh, we saw these little naked kids running down the side of the road right near this hut. And so we uh, went over and talked to them and found out that there were a couple of families that lived there. There were like two families and uh, like two parent parental groups and 24 kids living in these little huts that were built about eight, 10 feet off the ground. And um, they didn't speak any English and I don't speak any Spanish except to ask for a beer and say, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I, I, and it may be cursed. I know a couple of those, but then uh, my wife was able to talk to him a little bit. And through, so we, that we went out and played Santa Claus that next day or that night we went and uh, bought a whole bunch of food and presents and we bought whatever we could buy at the little local store. And then the next morning we rented a truck or hired some truck to drive us over there and we delivered boxes of food and all kinds of uh, pre like presents and toys and stuff. And we got pictures with them. And it was pretty emotional. Like my wife was crying because they they were they loved they were so grateful. We didn't want to be insulting at all. We were just trying to be cool. And we were more kind of wanted to drop it off, but they ended up just taking us into our home. And you know, I've got pictures of me holding like a chicken and a little puppy dog and these little naked kids with these little, you know, the little boys holding the Barbie doll and they're all wearing these croc type shoes and all these fluorescent colors and stuff. And it was just so rich and rewarding. And every year we try to do something like that. Uh, the year after that, we went to Mexico and my daughter was like five or six at that time. And we sponsored 200 kids that went to this school. It's called the, I can't remember the organization, but it's in Puerto Vallarta. And we went with our family and we, we paid, we, we paid, we paid, we gave them, not, not wasn't Christmas dinner, but we were ladling soup and we paid for this, like a Thanksgiving type of meal again around Christmas time. And we bought backpacks with all these school supplies. And so I think that if, I mean, that's what I think we're here on this planet to do is to help and serve others. And if you're not helping somebody else make their life better than you're wasting your time. And so everything we do has a cause behind it. And I don't typically promote that at the front end of my stuff, but I've decided recently to shift. And so thank you for reminding me because I want my new business model will have, and it's not, it's, it's getting there. Uh, where at the front end, every single client that comes to me, a percentage of that will go towards kids in need. Like I love kids. I'm like a big kid myself. I do nothing but play with my daughter, except when I'm trying to force her to finish the books. <laughs> she said she's going to write, you know, um, I, I just, I love kids. And so everything we do is to support kids in need. And then my daughter puts a percentage of every book that she sells to also animals in need. She, she's so cat crazy. She calls herself half cat. So I think that the mission and vision of your book, the mission and vision of what you're most enthusiastic about in life and what cause you have, I don't care what it is, you can start to lead with that and talk about it. And people can care about you and love you for the good you're giving to the world. Tony Robbins does this. I just went to his event. And by the way, let's get back to the money on Tony Robbins. A book costs 20 bucks, okay? He said, if you buy this book or pay for shipping, I will donate that same money. In fact, I'll double it for charity. And he donates his money to charity to Feeding America. And if you guys don't know Tony's story, the worst day of his life was when he was a young boy and his family hadn't, didn't have enough money or food for Thanksgiving. And someone knocked on his door and brought him a box of food. 
And it was a horrible time because his stepfather at the time got really upset. And it was this huge emotional trauma that he went through. And when Tony became successful at about 18, he went and gave back. And he had the richest day of his life was the day that he was able to give that back to a couple other families. And now the mission of his book and the mission of his business is to help feed people. I think he feeds every person in the county of San Diego and has for years. He's approaching a billion people served that he has fed. All proceeds from his book go towards that. And he partnered. One of his book mentors is one of my mentor mentors. And he mentors people who are badasses that have best-selling books and have been on Oprah and come to them and say, I, I need help. Like I'm broke. I'm not getting by. We don't, we don't have enough money to pay the rent. And I'm like, you think they've got the perfect storm. New York Times bestselling author, been on Oprah. It's like you had your 15 minutes of fame, but they got nothing behind it. So you can partner with in one of his core strategies, partner with a nonprofit, your cause, in Tony's case, Feeding America. You get to, you get to beat your chest like King Kong and you get to look like Jesus because you look freaking awesome and you are for changing the world. And then on the back end of the free book, I went to Tony's event and he charges, like, let's say it's a thousand dollars a ticket. I just went there. I bought five tickets, one for me, my wife, some clients and a partner of mine. And that was, that's five grand. Where's the money in the book? The, and then on the back end of that, he says, Hey, do you want to join my mastermind for 80? Do you want to join my course for, for 10 or 15? So there's big money there. And at the, as soon as you walk in the gate, after he gave you paid a grand to be there, and I paid more because we had more people come because I wanted to be there, he then gave us his book. I'm like, dude, I already have it, <laughs> you know, but he gave his book. But now he, and then it's like so giving and it creates so much goodwill. And then on this book, in his book, he makes one recommendation. He goes, of all the places you can invest your money, the place I recommend you go is over here. And he doesn't hide from the fact that he has a partnership relationship with them. The company that's the brokerage company that's an RIA that he actually recommends in that book went from like 50 million under at management to half a billion within the first 30 to 60 days that Tony published his book, Money Master the Game. So there is a nonprofit cause type thing that you can support and you can tie it in. There is nothing, nothing bad about that that Tony is doing. It's all phenomenal and strategies that we can all grab and align to align with. So there's a lot of ways to use your book. Yes, scoop up the book, reach out to me and give in and say, Hey, <laughs> or ask for some help. And I'll gladly point you in the right direction. And I don't know if I'm the right guy for you, but I can definitely point you in the right direction where you can get some help. Powerful stuff, powerful stuff. Hey, Trevor, before we say goodbye, if you had one piece of parting advice for our listening audience, what would it be? Hmm. Dude, good question. Let me ask you guys something because you, you keep asking me questions. Um, what I, I make, a, I get really excited about my, whatever it is I think is exciting. <laughs> um, where do you call the biggest bullshit about what I said or what's the, a big problem that still exists in your mind listening to this? Like as if you were your audience and you are, what is there bullshit? What is the, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm still scared. I, what, what's that thing? So I can make sure that my advice is around that subject. I think that, yeah, taking action or, or the fear. Yeah. It's, it's, that's that like getting started. That's I feel, cause you got me pumped up beyond all and you're exciting person to listen to you, you without a doubt, there's no doubt in my mind based on what you've told us today, you know what the hell you're talking about and, and how to get there. It's the fear 
of getting started um, or or taking that action, that first step. That I think would be the biggest hurdle that anyone listening today would would be facing. All right. How about you, Justin? Completely agree. Hundred percent. All right. Okay. So uh, with that fear, what's the fear? Uh, for either of you, or what's the fear of the of the listener right now? Because I, I I'm not I'm not that guy anymore. I have no fear in this context. I put myself out there on a regular basis and say that stu- I do stupid shit, or that I just put it out there and it's sometimes not perfect or right. So what is the fear? Is it not knowing what to do next? Not knowing what to say? Not know what is what? So I have clarity around that. This is really helpful for me. One, I think the biggest fear is going to be the fear of failure. What if I do this? What if I make this this announcement on Facebook and I do write this book and I do create something that's next and I fail in in what? Well, I I'm not one to subscribe to that that fear of failure um, because I do shit that works that doesn't work all the time. Um, the there there is that fear. And I think entrepreneurs, business owners have that fear of what if I invest my most precious resource being time into something that isn't going to be fruitful. And it's not the, you know, it's the embarrassment of, Hey, I did something uh, that, uh, that I failed at. It's the, the hit to the ego, but then it's the, the time wasted. Yeah. The waste of time. That's it, dude. I think you nailed it. I think that a lot of your audience, as much as they don't want, they don't want to start taking the first step until they know that they can finish because they don't want to fail by not getting it done or create something that sucks or that wasn't worth their time. Cause I just said a lot of people don't freaking know how to do next and you don't want to invest an hour or a hundred or a thousand hours and money into getting something done that doesn't uh, bear fruit. Is that fair enough? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then I gave four questions today. I gave some advice about marketing and branding and like how to, how to start. So if there's one, it's just not going to be possible that you have clarity that anybody listening right now has perfect clarity about how you're going to build your dream house. Okay. You don't know who your architect is. You don't know who is going to help you do your roof. You don't know those things, but you can decide today that in the first step, and this is not a small step by any stretch, and this is not bullshit. This is genuinely the first step is decide that your book has to happen. I believe that every day that you are not get sharing your greatness with the world is a day that you're hurting other people. After I filed my bankruptcy, I had lost a lot of self-confidence. And I was trying to sell something new, and I would go out there and I'd meet people who needed my help, and somehow I'd fuck it up every time. 20 sales in a row, I lost. I was failing, man. And I had a, I, I had a roof over my head. Things weren't that bad. Uh, but I was... The 20th person that I failed with was this woman who said she needed my help and I knew I could help her and I gave her this great advice and then and then she chose not to buy from me and I wanted to blame her. Stupid bitch, <laughs> she didn't buy from me. I know she's going to do that, but I couldn't do that. But I was more mad at me. I, got, I went into the car. I remember I part, was at a coffee shop in the mall and I went into the, into the, uh, into the parking lot and I sat in the car and I cried. And I didn't cry because I didn't make the sale. I cried because I felt like I'd punched her in the freaking stomach. She hugged me at the end of the interview. Oh my God, it's so amazing. Thank you so much. I'm not buying anything from you, but I've got what I need. And freaking on her way she goes. I think that when we overthink and analyze our stuff and, and, and don't get our message out there in the world, we're hurting others. 
See, I was overthinking it. I was overpacking people's backpack by giving them too much shit to do. And then they go off and not know what to go do. So everybody today, you have two things to do. Number one is decide where you cut off all other options. You're going to write a freaking book. Just get, you're going to get a book. I don't care what it's about. I don't care if you think it's about puppies or profit or people or pools. I like, I like to come up with things that <laughs> like that. So, you know, marshmallows, Martians, money, <laughs> Muhammad Ali. I don't care what your book is going to be about. Decide that you're writing a book. Then the second thing you got to do is hang it out there. Do the scary thing. Make the declaration. Declare to the world you're writing a book. I don't care if you don't know what it's about. Because if you're confused, if it's about money or puppies, that's cool. You can ask, or groundhogs, that was a good one. I never said that before. Groundhogs, you then ask people and you talk to them and find out by talking to people. And now if you're, for those entrepreneurs out there, like, Jesus, God, you know, I'm, I, I've been listening to you over for an hour, dude, and you still won't shut the hell up and I'm busy <laughs> and I'm going to be busy tomorrow. I'm busy the next day. The last thing I want to do is waste my time on something like this. So don't think of it like that and don't waste your time. Don't pick up a pencil. Don't start writing your memoirs. Don't do that. The most powerful part of your marketing right now is to sell the vision and the mission of it, which means talk to others about what you already like talking about, what you're already awesome about, what this new thing is that you want to do, and interview people that can become new badasses in your business or new amazing case studies that you can feature in your new book. Just declare to the world that you are going to do a book and then talk to those people. Don't just do it like most like I got on social media and I post something. And I don't freaking look at it again. But then I go back the next day and I go back and I actually love and like everybody who gives me a thumbs up or make a comment. Here's back from me personally. I read it. I respond. I want there's too many people don't say shit in this world and they're not. Nobody cares about them. If somebody loves you enough to give you a thumbs up or give you a comment on the post, I don't care if it's three people on your post. Go love them back. And every day I go and I have my dream 25, the people that I think are badass that I want to work with. And I go on social media and I don't go tell them what I think. I go like their stuff. That's another ninja move, by the way. But it's I'm not trying to confuse everybody. Number one, decide. Number two, declare. And then the step three, if you wanted extra credit, is keep talking to people about it. And don't start writing your book. Just get yourself excited about it. Talk to others. Keep talking about it. When you go to the next networking event, stand up and say, hi, I'm, I'm Joe Bob, and I'm, I founded this business, and I'm writing a new book about puppies. And see what people say. They're going to go, what? You're doing what? No way. And you don't have to declare when it's coming out. Elon Musk got all fired up. He's like, I'm going to to bring people to Mars. Like the fucking crazy guys. Like, what do you mean you can bring people to Mars? I'm going to start Solar City. We're going to have a whole solar panel thing on everybody's roof. Freaking did it. You know, I'm going to sell Teslas. They're going to be amazing with electric cars. Like, I thought that like 10 years ago. I'm like, fuck, I want to do that. That's awesome. I want solar powered Hummer. I got a picture I drew with the crayon at an event <laughs> where I'm like, it'll be cool. I have a solar powered Hummer and I don't have the shit. You know, but Elon Musk went ahead and said, guys, we're going to have a Tesla out there. It's going to be cheap. We're going to sell it. It's going to come out sometime, not really sure when. We haven't even built the, bat the factory that builds the batteries for these things. But if you guys want, you can buy one today. And inside of 30 days, he made, okay, he had 500 million people, or 500,000 people, excuse me, give him $1,000 on pre-ordering a car that didn't exist. It was going to be made from a factory that wasn't even made. And he said, I don't know when it's coming out. It might be two years. Might be. But you'll be the first ones to get it. It's going to be awesome. It takes balls. 
to declare to the world that you're going to get something done. But then you take action to follow up and you can figure out the how later. Go get my book. Come to my event. If you think I suck, then give me a great hate message. I could use more haters because it's fucking awesome. That'll be good, good marketing. <laughs> you know, say something really, really, really provocative because then they can do a movie out of it or something. <laughs> or, or but, but just decide, declare, and then keep your feet moving. And don't get confused by writing your book. When you're doing research and marketing and talking to people and interacting with your ideal target client, find out what their pain points are. Solve them. And then your book will be a badass book that solves phenomenal problems for your ideal target client. Love it. Decide, declare, and keep on talking about it. Good stuff. Hey, Neon Noise Nation, we hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Trevor. Be sure to go over and check out his website at www.epicauthor.com. Trevor, man, it was awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thoroughly enjoyed your time. A ton of awesome value. Uh, the show notes from today will be available at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, this is Justin, Ken, and Trevor signing off. Neon Noise Nation, we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, please subscribe, share with a friend, or write a review. We want to cover the topics you want to hear. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like Justin and Ken to cover, connect with us on Twitter at Neon Goldfish or through our website at neongoldfish.com.